1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. I'm really excited about this episode today for several reasons. Um, One, it's a more than mom, which is just like one of our favorite things. And that means if you're new to the Mom Hour, you know, on Tuesdays, we do actually helpful episodes about parenting. And then a couple Sundays a month, we just randomly drop into your feed with fluffier topics. Um, And the topic that we're talking about today it's kind of near and dear to both of our hearts. And that is uh, going to the
0: beach. Yeah. It is summertime and we both live <laughs> beach adjacent.
1: Yes, we are. We're like in beach towns. You've lived in a couple different beach towns or beach adjacent towns, mm-hmm. but they're very different kinds of beach towns because I'm on a Great Lake and you're on the ocean, which is, you know, fun to talk about those differences. But we also get a lot. We also get a lot of questions from listeners who want to know, not just about our specific towns. We get, to, we get those a lot. But, um, but also just like how to go to the beach with kids. And I think because we've both grown up and, you know, been around beach towns most of our lives for us, it kind of might just feel like second nature, but I could see how that would be really overwhelming to someone who's doing it for the first time or isn't as used to it, especially if they're just doing it with kids for the first time.
0: Right. And, and you're so right that the, the way you and I go to the beach as beach town uh, residents is very different from when you pack up your family and travel on a vacation. But I will say when my kids were small, when I was in the trenches years of motherhood, I actually lived in Phoenix and I was a plane ride or a very long drive, like a six, seven hour drive um, to a coast. And so in a weird way, even though I grew up in a beach town and have lived in them for the last many years, Um, when my kids were small in, in the stage where a lot of our listeners are, I was as clueless as anybody else. We went to new England every other summer to the East coast. And we went to California a few times, but I was like everybody else in the middle of the country somewhere who had to, you know, pack up and think about what is a beach vacation with kids. So today will be fun. I think we have some kind of insider stuff to share. Probably not like, this is not like your practical list of things not to forget when you take your two year old to the beach, because like right. like everything else, there's the Internet's there for you guys for that, right. like that that exists. But I think this is more about like what's it really like to live in a beach town and what are maybe some of our idiosyncratic like things that we like to do or bring to the beach.
1: And as beach town residents, I think we can give a little bit of an insider view of what vacationing in a beach town can be like, as mm-hmm. opposed to what I think it often becomes like if yeah. you just kind of go with the crowd. And so we'll offer some of those. We have some product tips we're going to, we're going to talk about as well. Um, this is our last more than mom episode for a while. I feel like I, we should, I don't know, let people know that now.
0: I know it sounds sadder than it is, but we well. do sometimes, <laughs> we, we sometimes take seasonal breaks from these either for our own workflow management. We have some other big projects this summer, so we're not going anywhere. But we're reallocating our time and resources and just taking July and August off of more than moms.
1: Yes, because I want to go to the beach
0: when we would have
1: been <laughs> recording. That's where I'd be right now if we weren't recording. So, yeah. okay, let's, before we go to break, I just have an opening question for us both. Well, two actually. Um, So, Sarah, I'm going to let you go first on this. What is the worst thing about living in a beach town?
0: Uh, traffic. Mm. So, uh, Santa Barbara, I'll get into where I live later, but it's um there's one freeway the 101 that runs through town and it connects southern California to central California and it, and it is trafficy all summer all tourist season long and then even within town there's just a lot of traffic and we moved back here in the pandemics. we moved at a time when like no one was going anywhere um and I you know it's it's back the traffic is back and the weird thing is if you've lived in sprawling places like LA or Orange County or San Diego sprawling or bay area those sprawling areas of california are known for terrible traffic and you're often driving a very long distance so mm-hmm. you might be in traffic for 45 minutes because you're go it should take you 20 minutes everywhere i'm going should take me like 7 to 10 so when you it just feels like it's not that far which for some reason feels even like more frustrating because it's like oh my gosh like where are all these people <laughs> so that's that is it's, it's it's cliche but it's traffic well what about that you? makes
1: sense so I live in a much smaller town, and again, I'll also get into the more specifics of my town. So, so I wouldn't say there's like, like a highway clogging traffic level because um, we don't even get on highways around here. You only get on a freeway around here if you're like leaving town. Mm-hmm. But it, the whole town is just very, very busy, which means you can't really enjoy it the same way. Like going to a restaurant is really hard. But the other thing I would say is there's just sand everywhere, and I know that's like one of those weird cliches about living in. A, I'm not like. It's not like the beaches in my backyard, but truly the sand does travel um, mm-hmm. oh, in yeah. my, my bedroom has like a door that leads to the outside and it's often open and there's a, um, a vent on the ground right next to it. And one day I looked in it and it's full of sand. Like there's just <laughs> sand somehow making its way into my bedroom and then going like over the years has collected in this vent. It's just really bizarre. And it does get in your car it gets in the floorboards, it gets in clothes. It's like always all over my um, laundry room floor. So, yeah. you know, it's something you deal with. It's not a big deal, but it, it is a little bit sensorily irritating, I guess. Yeah, I can see
0: that. I could see that.
1: Okay, so the best thing about living in a beach town, I'll go first on this one. And I would say what I hear from people who don't live in this kind of environment is that it feels like every time I take a picture and share it on Instagram, it's like I'm on vacation. And I would say there is a sense of sort of always being not necessarily on vacation, because we're all just going about our lives, but like we could be like there, mm-hmm. you at any moment, you could have a vacation like experience. Um, it's awesome to have these views. Like if I walk less than half a mile down to the end of my street, which is where I walk the dog, I have an amazing view of Lake Michigan and other people pay money for that uh, yes. or only get to experience it like every now and then. And I experience it literally every single day. I Wherever I go, I see water. It's kind of amazing. And I also just love that I can randomly decide, you know, like on, like on a Tuesday, random Tuesday at 2 PM, I could be like, you know what, I'm going to go to the beach and I'll go for like an hour. It's not a big thing. I don't really have to pack. I can just go with mm-hmm. a towel and like a LaCroix and it's great. So it, it just, it feels very accessible to enjoy things that for a lot of people are really hard to get to. What about you? Yes.
0: I mean, I was going to say a lot of the same things, but one thing that's very different in terms of climate is I appreciate living in a beach town because it is cooler. And if you live Mm -hmm. in anywhere in the south or anywhere where it's hot or can get hot, you know, the closer you are to the water, the cooler it is. And I'm probably about two miles from the water as the crow flies um, and every half mile that you get you get cooler. So I love the, I love coastal weather. I always have, it's how I grew up and we'll get into some of the idiosyncrasies later, but um, I actually prefer cool and kind of foggy and that you get that. So I love the weather of a, of a coastal town. Um, And then I was going to say like you, I love the ability to recreate for free because the natural surroundings are so interesting and varied. And, And that's true for both being a parent, like with my kids, but also just personally, like you said like we have access to natural beauty and also the ability to walk or swim or surf or I'm hike. I know we're talking about beaches, not mountains today, but I, I have both. Um, and it's very expensive to live where I live, but it's you can be outside and recreating with, for no additional money than the money you're already paying to. I live love it, to live like there, this. right? Yeah. Right. which is often yeah.
1: considerable. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that is that really is something. And you know what's interesting about you having the um, cooling effect of the lake, it, Lake Michigan, because we are in a northern climate, often has the opposite effect. Often has an insulating effect, right? So it just keeps it more mild. Almost yes, yeah. Like in the summer, it is cooler. Like it could be ten degrees cooler by the lake in the summer. Um, but in the winter, often towns that are right around the lakes don't get the same like cold, like that wind whipping cold that, mm-hmm. you know, goes across the plains. Like we don't really get that. And the snow, the, the weather patterns are completely different, which is also just interesting. It just keeps saying yeah. it's, it tends to be very snowy on our side of the lake, but not as freezing cold as it is some other areas that aren't that far from us. Like yeah. that are pretty close by. So interesting. I, I love weather. I mean, you, yeah, know, me too. you know, you and I both love weather and I love how something like a big body of water can change it. So yeah.
0: Basically. Yeah. And it, It is actually true here that winter, even though we're just not known for cold winters in general, but when you are close to the ocean, it's going to stay milder. So like in Arizona, Mm -hmm. where I lived, it would freeze or get down into the 20s um, in the winter, even though Arizona is known as a very hot place. We had colder desert nights when you're right by the ocean. It's not going to get you're not going to have either extreme. So it's the same here, too. It's where our winters are milder because of the ocean as well
1: you know, one experience we don't have represented between the two of us is living in a beach town that's like a small lake, which I think is like a totally different, you know, Mm -hmm. I've visited a lot of small lakes and that's
0: like a totally different kind of beach. So anyway. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor.
1: Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Okay, Sarah. So we teased kind of like what it's like to live in a beach town and what we like about it and don't love about it. But let's talk about um, specifically what our individual beach towns are like, because you're on the ocean and I'm on a great lake and those are very different. Um, So you talk about Santa Barbara, maybe Orange County. Just tell us what that's like.
0: Okay, sure. And if you are brand new around here, um, I recently moved back to my hometown. So I grew up in Santa Barbara and. I moved from Orange County where we were for six years. So I have Southern California beach experience as a resident with small kids, but I currently live in the beach town that I also grew up in. So I guess I have more knowledge of of that, but I do have the Orange County, um, the six years there as well. Um, Santa Barbara is a coastal town. It's right on the, what you would call like, there's no real border, but it's right kind of in between what you would call Central California and Southern California. And depending on like who you ask and what you're reading and what media market, it can really be considered kind of the northernmost part of Southern California or the southernmost part of Central California, mm. just for, for reference if you're picturing the state. Um, it's as much a mountainy area as it is a coastal town. And part of what makes it really beautiful and interesting geographically is that you have ocean and then foothills and mountains With like no space in between. So if you're not at the beach, you are going up into the hills, which of course is really beautiful and makes for, you know, really pretty views and um, lots of interesting, like a lot of mountain biking and hiking and trails. We have the wine country up over the first range of the San Inez Mountains. So um, that's all probably what you've heard about Santa Barbara or maybe read about it or driven through. Um it's I think it's an interesting size city so there's 90,000 people in Santa Barbara proper and it to me it feels like a small city it doesn't feel like a suburb um it feels it has an urban center and you've you've been here Megan it has a downtown um but 90,000 is like nowhere near some of the other places I've lived in terms of like like Orange County as a county has 3.5 million people it's like it's like 30 right. cities and suburbs on top of one another Santa Barbara other than a couple of small towns on either side of it that maybe make the larger metro area like 150,000. But outside there, it's not really like a city and suburb situation. It's basically like a small city that in many ways to me feels like a small town. And that's probably because I'm from here. But um, there's a lot of arts and culture here because of the affluence and the proximity to L.A. So um, there's we have access to that L.A., I guess, L.A. adjacent Market of things like um, shows coming through town, or I don't know just arts and culture it's it's a very arty and and culturally rich place for the size of the city, I think um, but unlike other places I've lived, so Phoenix, Arizona, and Orange County, there is a kind of local pride here that I haven't felt in some of those larger areas, and that's something that's been really fun to return to so there's like a lot of like I think local culture, local bars and restaurants, um, and local even local beach culture, which of course is what we're talking about today. Um, and then, I, I don't know, I could be wrong about this, but I'm guessing that for people visiting Santa Barbara or planning a visit to Santa Barbara, I'm guessing that you're probably not coming here as a beach destination, but you are enjoying the beaches while you're here. And the reason mm. I say that is you know, we're we're not that far from some of the really famous, amazing Southern California beaches. Orange County has incredible beaches. Um, San Diego has incredible beaches. LA has incredible beaches. And those places are all warmer and easier to get to in an airplane. And just there's more attractions. You've got your theme parks, you've got your big hotels. And so I'm guessing if you're going for a true beach vacation, you're going to someplace like San Diego or Newport Beach or Huntington Beach or something. But Santa Barbara, I think, has such a cool mix of like I said, mountains, arts and culture, um, wine country. And then while you're here, the beaches are beautiful, but we're just, we're a little cooler and a little smaller than what I think of as a true beach destination, California city, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and I, w- I want to say that the, the first time I ever went to Santa Barbara um, and you weren't living there at the time, um, but you gave me some tips. I remember, I remember texting you and saying, where do the regular or where do the normals live? As I was going, like, where do the normals live? Not here, certainly. Um, Not in Santa Barbara proper as much, but like when we went down to the beach area, what I remember thinking was really cool was that you could see, you see like sea lions. I'm trying to remember what there was like, like right in the, um, in the Marina area. Yeah. In the Harbor. Uh In the Harbor. Yeah. So it felt very like accessible Uh and I like, I'm not, even though I live on a beach and I do like to lie on the beach, I'm not someone who necessarily like plays in the water that much. What I like to be able to do is like look in the water and see what's in it. And it made Mm -hmm. it very easy to do that. Which So I appreciated that about it. Um, Okay. Well, I'll describe my beach town. So I live on Lake Michigan and um, we are, St. Joe is on a chain, like kind of like a chain of small towns. There is really no big city on this side of Michigan, unless you go like an hour and a half North to Grand Rapids, which is still just a kind of an average size city. It's not really huge. Uh, I think it's got, I don't know, maybe like a million people in the metro area, but that's like the whole metro area yeah. and it's a lot. It's It covers a lot of ground. So um, Michigan just doesn't really have a lot of big cities at all. There's Grand Rapids, Lansing and Detroit. None of them are that huge. And that's kind of what you got. So over here, it's definitely like little towns of a thousand people, 3000 people, 4000 people that kind of dot the coastline. St. Joe is like the biggest at 10,000. And then Benton Harbor is right to our North. And that's, um, they're, they're called Twin Cities. And that's like maybe 9,000. So like, okay. or maybe they're both like nine or eight. It's not a lot. It's not a lot of people. Um, and then you could keep going and you'd get to South Haven, which is another little town. And Grand Haven, Saugatuck. There's just like a whole bunch of little towns that are North of us too. And it kind of continues all the way up. And I think that for people who have never been to the Great Lakes, it can be kind of hard to grasp how huge they are, um, Yeah, they are enormous. It, when you look at Mi- Lake Michigan, you can't see. It's like looking at the ocean. It doesn't it act like the ocean, um, but it definitely is like looking at one. And for a point of reference, um, my special man friend and I are buying property in the mm. UP, in the Upper Peninsula, and we are on Lake Michigan on the Northern side, and it's six and a half hours from here. So same lake, six and a half hours away. yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's hard sometimes. I think for people to grasp that when their experience with Lake is like something you can look across, but it's really, really big. Yeah. Um, our particular town is set up off the beach, um, on this bluff. And then the vast majority of the businesses and homes are up on the bluff. So this, this, the views are great. The sunsets are great, but like getting to the beach can be challenging, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you have little kids and just in general, this is just a really laid back environment. This whole area, it's very tourist friendly. A lot of people from Chicago, a lot of people from other areas of Michigan. I think we're getting more of like an Indiana. We're, we're drawing from a lot of different places now. Um, it's just super laid back. It's like a little gritty. It, it is relatively affluent compared to other small towns in our area, but it's really not that affluent. It's just kind of like, it's just a laid back environment. And it really, in some ways, does feel pretty casual like mm-hmm. all the time. So leaning on that, like the way your specific beach and your town environment, um, are Sarah, I thought it'd be fun for us to talk about the tips we would have for visitors, not just to our beach towns, but kind of using our beach town as like yeah, a guide as a that model. Yeah. Totally. As a model. Yeah. So I'll go first on this one. Um, the first thing I would say is just find out where those off the beaten path beaches are if you can. So we have like three or four good beaches within a stone's throw of downtown and they're always less crowded. Parking is cheaper. Uh, access is a lot easier. And yet everybody crowds to the beach right downtown. And I know why they do it. That's the one that got you know written up in the magazines. And like, that's yeah. the one you find if you Google, right? And the tourism guides. But honestly, everywhere you go is sand and water. And <laughs> every year also changes because every year different beaches are affected by erosion differently. Mm. Different beaches get affected by the tides differently. So you might be at one beach that it's hardly even a beach this year. There's been a lot of erosion over the last like five years. Um, But one beach might not really experience it the same as another. The texture of the sand can be different. So Mm -hmm. it really is kind of cool to just even like half a mile away, you might have a very different experience at that beach than you would at this other one. But it's worth checking them all out and not always just go to the one everyone is at just because that's where everyone is. Yeah. I would say, though, don't go too far off the beaten path. And I have a funny story (laughs) about this. Um, I was recently hiking in this dune. It's like a nature preserve hiking trail that's on, technically on the beach, and there's a bunch of dunes. But like, it's, you know, four miles of trails or something. So I'm walking, I go there all the time, and I'm walking, and I see this family coming up the path, and it's like a mom and a dad, and like a two year old in a wagon, and a four year old, the mom's holding their hands, and like grandma and grandpa, and they're all carrying beach toys, towels chairs, all this stuff. And I was like, hi, where are you going? And try to get to the beach. And they're like, yeah, we heard there's a beach around here. And I was like, well, how do you feel about hiking over a dune? Because that's what (laughs) it's going to take for you to get this rig to the beach. And they're like, oh, that's not what they had in mind. And I think they probably thought, you know, we're on the water and like the map shows that the water's right there. So we can get there. And I was just, I was like, you know, I don't want to discourage you, but like this looks like a lot. And if you just go down the road a little ways, you're going to find a beach that's much more accessible. So I think yeah. um, if you're going to go off the beaten path, ask locals like they will mm-hmm. be helpful if you ask. And I know there's this idea that like the less crowded beaches are a secret, but it's not like the kind of secret we won't share. Right. We just we would rather not everyone knew about it. But I'll if someone asks me, I will absolutely tell them. Totally. Um yeah. I would also say like if you can do it plan your trip for a uh, trip for a weekday. I know that's not always easy to do. The restaurants might have kind of weird hours. There's going to be less going on, but man, you are just going to have so much of an easier time navigating the town, getting to the beach, parking. Um speaking of parking, do yourself a favor and just pay for it. I know in my town there used to be this kind of sense that you could get around the system by not paying for parking if you parked in a lot that was really far away up on the bluff. Or if you like found a back street. and I don't think the side street, I mean, I don't think it's worth it. The secret's out. So you might find a spot, but you're going to drive around for hours. (laughs) Then you're going to walk a million miles to the beach with your kids and your bag and your chairs and your toys all in tow. Um, I don't know, Sarah, I'm talking a lot and I'm sure you're going to have some things to chime in. So I'll, I'll take a pause for now, but I just feel like there's things you can do to save money. And I personally do not feel paying for parking should be one of them (laughs) or not paying for parking because it's going to make your life that much easier. And if you're going to be there for a few days, just get a pass, get a season pass and it's going to work out way better for you.
0: Yes. Well, there's a cost to everything, right? The sanity cost of walking with all your stuff for that far and all of that. No,
1: I and don't forget that at the end, you got to get back with cranky kids, you know, so getting to the beach is one thing when everyone's energetic and happy. Getting back to your car afterward.
0: Yeesh. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I remember when we, the Orange County had so many different beaches. It's just a much bigger place and it has some incredible beaches, but I always just thought of it as like a series of trade-offs. So like I could drive the distance from my house was one thing. So like the beach closest to my house was probably not the best beach. The best beach probably didn't have the best parking. The best parking didn't have a bathroom. Like it was just like it was, again, we always use like the word calculus, Calculus. but you just got good at like, okay, what is, what am I solving for? And that kind of brings me to my first like general tip. And I think this applies certainly throughout California where I've lived, but, um, maybe just get clear about what is in your mind when you are thinking I'm going to go to the beach today, whether it's by yourself or with your whole family. Cause I think going to the beach can mean different things to different people. And starting with that, um, clarity can help solve some of these things like parking and traffic and, you know, what to bring and all that. So like, I love to be at the beach, but I'm not a big ocean swimmer or like water sports person. And even my kids aren't, they don't spend hours in the waves when we're there. So for, for us solving for what time of day we go, we might go in the morning because we don't care about getting hot enough to like dunk our entire body in the Pacific um, like a morning beach walk is very different than like if you're going to be doing boogie boarding or body surfing, which is very different than like seashell hunting or like sunbathing. So maybe just like a, a good a starter tip is thinking about what would be fun for your family in this stage of life. And then when you start asking around at your hotel or your locals or you ask on Facebook, like you at least know what kind of beach experience you're even asking about. Cause people might point you the wrong, like somebody maybe recommended that dune beach to that family, not knowing like they would have two grandparents and two little kids and a wagon. So, right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Well, let me, let me weigh in on that really quick because I will say like, as someone who lives in a beach town and I get to experience it all the time, I feel like I'm a little spoiled in that, you know, Clara was a babe, was born here. And so I had little kids when we moved here and I would often take the kids to the beach with no intention of any of us ever getting in the water. It was like, yeah, it was like, we might get our feet wet if it was hot or whatever, but the the water might be really cold. It might be kind of stinky that day. Like you just, you don't know. Sometimes it was playing with the sand, whatever. And I guess that leads me to a quick question for you, Sarah. Um, not now your kids are older, but when they were little and you were doing that calculus, how did playgrounds, um, Mm. factor in, like, did you avoid the playgrounds? Did you Like because sometimes I know parents are like, no, we're here for the beach, not for the playground. And that's not why we're here. And sometimes they're like, well, that's just another thing for an older kid to do. And sometimes it just depends on the trip. So I'm curious where you fell.
0: Well, what I what I remember, I don't think it was it wasn't high enough on the calculus list to make or break our decision. But what I remember is having kids of different ages and having to uh like arbitrate, like I would have one or two of my kids who wanted to be up on the playground. And here the playgrounds are like up toward the parking lot. And then yeah, they're might not, have to... they're never near the water. <laughs> right. It's not near the water. Yeah. So then I have one kid who wants to go in the water or go build a sandcastle with wet sand. And I cannot supervise all three with, with one or two on the playground, not the way ours, our beaches are right. set up. So, um, I actually like a beach playground myself. Like I, we used to do a lot in Laguna beach of like going, getting Starbucks or getting a coffee and letting the kids play on the beach playground. And then we might walk down to the water for like two minutes at the end and just stick our right. toes in or look for a seashell and go home. So I like a beach playground, but I agree it's not it like it has to figure into your planning for sure. Okay, so a couple more tips from from my side of the uh, United States, and that is tide tides and surf reports are both um, so a tide schedule and a surf report are both readily Googleable, or in local papers or um, just Google it like Google tide report or tide schedule Santa Barbara this week or whatever, and it'll come up. Um, and high tide and low tide make a huge difference in our beaches. A lot of people picture um, the kind of beaches that like I'm picturing Huntington Beach or parts of L.A. where it's like a ton of sand. Like, I mean, yards, hundreds of yards of sand in both laterally along the coast, but also between the parking lot and the surf, just straight, flat stretches of sand. And that is one type of beach. San Diego has a lot of um, it does exist, but many parts of coastal California are more like little coves or they'll have cliffs or there'll be some elevation. And there's not as much sand as you picture when you picture those beaches with like 20,000 people spread out on them. Right. So if you know when high tide and low tide are, you know how much sand you're going to have. You know more about what you can access. Um, things like rocky outcroppings or tide pools. Like you may want the tide pools, in which case you want low tide, or you may not want your kids like getting stuck on these rocks. And so you want high tide so that they're playing, you know, higher up on the beach. So. It's easily accessible and it makes a huge difference. So just Google it, know the tides. And then surf in the summer, surf is pretty mild in California. Our big waves tend to be in the winter unless it's windy. But again, you can ask or Google a surf report and you probably don't want little kids. Um, They're they're not going to have as much fun and you are not going to feel super safe if the surf is crazy high. Again, it doesn't tend to be a problem in the summer. It's more of a winter thing. But those are two things that just look up before you go.
1: Yeah, I just want to quickly weigh in on the tide thing. Um, yeah. I think people really underestimate like Michigan um, and the Great Lakes in general. And it, this lake is not joking around. And it can look very calm at times, but there are drownings every single year, like in my general vicinity. It's usually from young people like jumping off of a pier or going out on a pier during really bad weather and getting like pulled off the pier by the mm-hmm. wind or the waves. But we also have strong undercurrents. So like you really have to pay attention the signs that yeah. are all, they'll be all over the place that warn about rip currents. And if they're there, take them seriously because, yes. um, they really, they, that there's a reason they put those up. They're doing the research because they know if the yes. water is safe or not that day. Um, and even on days there aren't signs posted, just be really, just pay really close attention to where the buoys are, where the sandbars are. Um, and, and you know, I would say if there's not a lifeguard on duty, but even if there is, I mean, half no, the time they're teenagers even, and, and they're well-trained, but they, they can't. You know, sometimes those buoys are really far out. Yeah. And even a really strong swimmer isn't necessarily gonna get to your kid in time if like something goes wrong. So just a little warning I feel like I always have to give.
0: No, I agree. I think a healthy fear of large bodies of water is a good right. thing to keep. And if your kid I have my eleven and eight year olds in swim lessons at the Y this summer because living back even closer to the beach than we were in Orange County, my kids they know how not to drown in a pool. They're totally proficient swimmers in a pool, but ocean swimming is a very different thing, and my kids are getting older. Where they're going to be independent, they might go to a birthday party at the beach or want right. to go boogie boarding with yep. friends. And I'm not, I am not able. the The supervision that happens at a coastline is so different than in a swimming pool. And my swimmers are and the not pool strong swimmers. Is, like
1: is a the pool is like a tame object. It doesn't yes. change, right. and it's like no one is ever more than like ten feet away from you if you're in a pool. Right. If there's always another human someplace close by, whereas the lake is enormous or the ocean is huge. Right. So there's it's very, very different.
0: Yeah. Yes. Agreed. Um, OK, I have a couple more quick things. I'm a broken record about this because I feel like I always talk about it this time of year, but it is very cool and gray and foggy and misty here in coastal California in May and June and even into July, especially. And as long as you know that maybe you like it like me or maybe you've spent time here and it's not a big deal. But if you are, if you are imagining sunbathing and like Florida or um, other like other beach towns you've been to and it's you're booking a trip for mid June, I would just say n- just know what you're gonna get. And August, September, October are incredibly sunny and very very warm here. So that, that's yeah. just the local tip. Um, one thing that surprises my New England relatives is that there are no private beaches in California. You're not allowed to own land that is waterfront. So you can own the land. You can have a fancy house or a hotel, but you don't own the beach in front of it. The cool part about that is some of my favorite beaches are right in front of very nice hotels or very nice people's private homes. And they can't like no one can kick you off that beach. You might have to park a little farther away because the road access might be a little different. But um, and there's also no one can charge you for going to the beach. So that's one of our perks of paying the property taxes in these areas. And this, you know, where we live in California is. The beach belongs to everybody. And I know there are always ongoing things about that. But currently, I believe as we record, you cannot own the beach in California. And I think that's kind of cool. And it's just a little different because I know where my relatives live in New England. Like it's almost like you have to have a membership to park in the parking lot. You have to be a resident to get a parking pass. And you have to and you have to even be you have to show your pass to even be on certain like there are private beaches and we don't have that here.
1: Okay, I think that's really interesting because um, in Michigan, it's kind of almost in between. So okay. we do have, like there is definitely like um, developments and housing communities where there's a quote-unquote private beach in that you can't park in the parking lot for that beach unless you live in that, you know, unless you yes. have deeded a, a access in some way to that or like you are a visitor or a, a guest or you live in that um, development. However... The part of the beach that's like where the water is up to I want to say, like ten or fifteen feet belongs mm-hmm. to everybody, okay. Yeah. so you could ostensibly, and I do this all the time, start from one public beach and walk to a different public beach through a bunch of people's yards,
0: mm-hmm. okay. their beach yard. you know what yeah. I mean? yeah,
1: but you but you can't just like go up on their sometimes their yard and the beach kind of are this one and the same. I wouldn't be able to just like walk up to their house because that part belongs to them. But the part that's down on the water belongs to everybody. So you can really navigate like a long stretch of beach on foot um, and be totally fine. You're like in the public area.
0: And that's how it is here, too. People are people do where there's a beach house that goes right up to the sand. They'll have a gate that says private property and you can't walk up on their deck. But, um, there's no, even the resorts that, that will drag their chairs and their umbrellas out on the beach. Like yeah. you can walk right through it. Like it's not, uh-huh. it's not there. So that sounds similar to where you are. And there, there's definitely some private access parking lots I'm thinking of. Like, like you said, a housing development, but again, no, as long as you can find a place to park, no one can restrict your access, which is kind of cool. That is cool. Um, I think my last tip, if you are booking a vacation from far away, like you're going to go to a beach town and this would apply, I think anywhere, not just where I live, um, proximity to the water always seems like such a, an apex priority. And I would just make an argument for doing your research and thinking about how those dollars are being spent. Cause I know in a lot of places I've lived and been the, the big hotels are actually across like a main boulevard from the water. Um, not all of them. I can think of some little hotels in Laguna beach, especially where you literally walk out your room and you're on the sand. That's very cool. But when you're looking at a map, it's kind of hard to tell like if this road that's between your your front door of your hotel and the water is a big road and in many cases yeah. it is a big like a thoroughfare or a boulevard, which means you are going to be you're not going to be just popping out your hotel room door and frolicking in the sand. You're still going to be doing the same amount of packing up for the day with your kids nice. that you would be if you were like 2 miles or 1 mile inland and maybe that money for the beachfront hotel could be equally spent like in a place where like there were cute coffee shops around yes. or like a park next door. So I guess like I know we get so excited to go to these beach towns and and I just I think some of those big properties some of those big hotels are awesome and if they have a great pool and great other amenities and you know what you're paying for then that's awesome. But I guess just go in with eyes open because I have seen, you know, there's a lot of them in Southern California where there's, you've got your big Marriott's and your big Hyatt's all in a row. And they're like, it's across highway one in many cases, like Pacific coast highway or ours is called Cabrillo Boulevard. And it's like, you're still going to be walking half a mile to get your toes in the sand. And just, if you're paying a lot of money, I just want you to know that before you come.
1: Well, that, or even if it's not a highway, what if it's just a huge parking lot? Like I can think of few things less fun. Than schlepping through a busy, enormous, hot parking lot with your, you know, toddler and flip flops and all your stuff. So you might be end up getting in your car anyway, and driving closer anyway. So you're right. Right. Like maybe you'd be better off in a cozy little neighborhood where you got to enjoy it in other ways. And yeah, so I'm not. I guess you could Google Earth that stuff now. Like if you knew what building you were in, especially if it's one of those where it's spread out and you don't know exactly where the room that you're going to wind up in is it's probably worth finding out and then looking at Google earth and seeing like, what am I having to cross? What do I have to traverse for Taj to get to, to, um, to get to the beach? Yeah,
0: totally.
1: Yeah. Well, those are all some good tips. And I think it's interesting how there's some things that are very similar between our towns and our beach experiences and things that I wouldn't have thought of like here, the tide is only a thing if it's too hard strong and means that you can't go in the water, but like there's no tide pools here. You know what I mean? Right. So there people do surf here and people do windsurf here and stuff like that. So I guess if that's your jam, um, you'd want to look into that, but like, I have a feeling most people with like small children are not there.
0: Not Wind quite, not
1: quite <laughs> yeah. yet. Yep. Yep. Yeah, exactly. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, Sarah. So we talked about our, you know, our advice for people visiting our towns. Let's now talk about how we live in our beach towns or in beach towns in general. And so all the things from like when we like to go and, you know, what we bring with us when we go. So you go first.
0: Okay. Okay. Um and we can we'll throw some products as we as we talk through this we'll throw some products out there and just a reminder they'll all be in the show notes. So, um we'll include links for everything we talk about. So, year round and we talked about the great part about living in a place like this year round is you don't have to go when the tourists go and I love morning beach walks, I love morning tide pooling with my kids. It's often just me and the kids maybe eight or nine o'clock in the morning Um, and it's cool and gray and misty and it's not crowded and there's still so much to see in terms of natural beauty we have a lot of like you know when the tide is out and you can tide pool there's lots of anemones and starfish and cool creatures or you might see some dead creatures that have washed up spiny pacific lobsters and you can see dolphins and sea lions so there's so much to see and I think the critters and the creatures are out more when there's fewer tourists. And you're just you're noticing more because you're not looking at like 10,000 people on the beach. So for that kind of foggy morning beaching, I would probably wear shorts or joggers because I'm only going to get wet like up to my ankles. Maybe um, I need good pockets for my phone. because I like to have my phone and my keys in my pockets. And I actually love denim denim shorts at the beach because the pockets feel very secure, like I have some more linen-y or stretchy shorts, and it feels like things are going to fall out of my pocket. So I love denim cutoffs. It feels like it holds my phone and my keys in my pockets. Um, and then I'd probably be wearing flip-flops, which I I wear Javianas most of the time, and like a hoodie with a good pocket and maybe a baseball hat for windy, wispy hair. So that would be the, um, the look for morning beach uh, tide pooling. And then when the weather does get warmer here later in the summer and my kids are wanting to swim and boogie board... We'll go more midday, probably during the week. And we would bring towels to sit on and maybe an umbrella. I have a Tommy Bahama umbrella from Costco. That's just like, it's just the one that Costco has. It's nothing special. It's relatively petite, so I can carry it and set it up myself. It's kind of small, which I like. Um, My kids can all carry their own stuff now. So often they'll just each be carrying their own towel, maybe a water bottle or a book. um, And I might have you know, a a tote bag. I'll get to my tote bag in a second. I love like big, lightweight Turkish towels. There's my local shop is called Riviera towel. And I've talked about them before and they ship everywhere. So I'll link to them. They're great. Um, The only thing lightweight, lightweight towels and lightweight beach blankets aren't good for is when little kids get really, really cold. So they go in the water and they come out with that like chattery blue. And then that's still when I kind of want like a regular like old fashioned beach towel like a like a thicker because i feel like it keeps them warm but otherwise i love the like the thin turkish towels that kind of they kind of like do du- dual purpose as a blanket a towel if you get a little bit wet they dry really fast they they're pretty they come in cool fabrics and so i love those I love to pack lunches ahead of time for my kids if we're going to go in the middle of the day. And I still use those easy lunch boxes. That's the brand name bentos that we've talked about, Megan, for oh, years. Yeah. They're so cheap. They're so inexpensive. Didn't and they, I use
1: those like during Cl- not even Clara's yes. first year? It might have been Owen's first year of kindergarten. They've that been I around used those. Yes.
0: forever. I, I want to say they were created by like a mom blogger back in the day yeah. or something. Yes. And now they're just everywhere on Amazon. What I, why I like them for the beach is I'm not packing individual school lunches for the kids. I'm packing individual bentos and then they stack. I can stack three of them in these kind of um, inexpensive, like insulated cooler lunch boxes. I will link to all this, but the best, I, the thing I do is pack them. I don't let the kids get into the food until they are good and hot and tired and sandy and they've done whatever swimming they're going to do. And then they dry off and they're really hungry. And I feel like such a good mom. Cause I just like Hand them this pre-packed thing because when you're at the beach and you're eating, everything's gonna get sandy. I would prefer it just gets sandy the one time. Like I don't want to be fishing right. in there. Like, oh, can I have some chips? Or like, oh, can I have a juice? So, so we wait till we're really hungry and it's really time to eat, and then those work really, really well. So I'll link to those. Um, also, a little tip: grapes make a great fruit for the beach because Agreed. they do not sand. That doesn't stick to them like other fruits. So if you're trying, don't to, you bring know, watermelon. No. Or slice. Watermelon apples. will
1: absolutely yes. like absorb sand. It doesn't even yes. just get on the outside. It, it becomes one with the watermelon yes. and your yes. kids hands will end up sticky. And I mean, it's fine. If you want to go ahead, just know that it's going to be a mess.
0: Yes. You've been warned. <laughs> You've been warned. Um, I ha I am still using my extra, extra large LL bean tote bag, which I think I said, I told the story one time that I accidentally ordered like one or two sizes too big. You can fit like a whole person in this tote bag, but it's great because I will put everything in it. And then I also have a mesh bag for sand toys and I will link to them both. And if you're a long time listener, you're probably like, yep, we've heard you talk about these two bags. And this is just me saying I am still using them. So that must mean they're good. Um, a couple other just things we bring. Uh, Reed is really into bird watching right now, like really into it in the way that Reed gets really into things and your Owen gets really into things. And mm-hmm. So he's got some great binoculars he got for his birthday. And I think those will be fun this year because we do see a lot of cool birds. And like you can see dolphins and sea lions Um, in terms of sunglasses. I just got a pair of um, cheapos from Old Navy that I really like. Actually, they were inspired by the ones you were wearing a lot when you came to visit me. They don't look exactly like them, but I. Oh, my pink ones, like my rounded pink ones. Yeah. Mm, And mine are orange. And I realized I wanted a non-Aviator style, like an all plastic um, style that didn't get caught up in my hair when I pushed them up on my head, yep. you know, like the ones with the nose bridges do. Um, And I just lucked out. They're comfortable and they're really cute. And I will link to those. So I think a good pair of cheap sunglasses is a go-to for the beach. Even if I have a nicer pair that I keep in the car, they're just going to get scratched at the beach.
1: So I have um, a bunch of uh, Honor Credit Union sunglasses, which is a local financial institution. Oh, I remember you. that has yes. great free sunglasses and I have just hoarded them over the years. Yeah. And so I am like in the summer and I, the ones I wore at your house were sunskis, and they're uh, not free. They're, they're not, they're not expensive, but they're not cheap. Like they're kind of like maybe the 40, $50 okay. range. Um, but at the beach, I agree. It is all, you know, free financial institution sunglasses for
0: me. <laughs> yes, yes,
1: And I love yes. them. They're great. They're really cute actually. So
0: yeah, I yeah. remember you saying that was like a coveted, like everybody in your town, like needs the the cute well, frees. because of
1: the because of, of COVID, yeah, you would usually pick those up like at festivals and fairs and like the school events and stuff. There, you know, if they anything there was a booth, you'd pick a pair up. Well, we didn't have that for like a year and I hoarded them, so I'm it's almost like,
0: like they're kind of like gold now, yeah. The black market <laughs> of free sunglasses, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, I know you're going to talk a little bit more about leisure at the beach because I think you do a little more solo beach time than I do, so as I was. I'm done with my tips and products. But as I was doing mine, I realized mine are still pretty mom and kid focused. They're not tiny kid anymore, but I'm not doing a lot of like reading at the beach on my own. So I do sometimes tell the kids to bring a book if I think they're going to be like one kid is going to be bored while the other two are still happy to be there. I mean, that's a good tip. Always bring a book. But other than that, I don't have a lot of like, I guess what I would call relaxation or leisure products, but I'm hoping you'll get to some of those.
1: Well, because I'm in a very different place um, with my relationship to the beach and to my children <laughs> and to their ages. I mean, and it's funny because you're almost there, but like yeah. you're just not quite there yet, right? So I, um, and, and again, this is very different. Five years ago, my relationship with the beach was really like watching, like closely watching kids mm-hmm. and um, more kid focused. And now I go to the beach way more often just for myself, which is like a new place to be. So yeah. um, I will also say, When I'm the the products I'm going to recommend are mostly like when I'm um, doing like an afternoon because we don't have tide pooling. There's not a lot of different activities at at our beaches. You basically lay out or you play in the water. There's not like Mm -hmm. a lot of other things to do there. Like the bird watching is crappy because you'd go elsewhere to watch birds. Like it'd be seagull watching really, um, which is entertaining but not quite the same thing. (laughs) Um, And there's not like a lot of interesting. Wildlife to look at at the beach. It's really a place to go feel warm, mm-hmm. get sun on you, and maybe play in the water. So, but the funny thing is, I do relate to the water, to the lake, sometimes two or three different ways in one day. So, I might walk my dog on the beach in the morning,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is like one kind of beach, you know, one kind of beach mm-hmm. experience. And then I might go to the beach in the afternoon to lay out and maybe get in the water. And then I might go back by the beach at night to watch the sunset. So sometimes like I'm experiencing the water like three different times in one day and it's totally different. I just think that's kind of funny.
0: And it's really cool, first of all, because I like I just I'm I love that you do that because I do sometimes feel this guilt of like I live so close to the beach and I don't experience it enough. So I I am proud of you. That's awesome.
1: Well, thank you. And but I mean, you're a couple miles and I'm like a half mile, which does make a huge yeah. difference, like yeah, because I does. wouldn't I would not walk two miles with my dog right. just to get just to get to the shore and then turn around and walk two miles back. Like I probably wouldn't do that. So it it just something about that proximity makes that just naturally happen. Um, But anyways, I'm talking more about like beach trips where I'm like wearing a swimsuit. And um, for me, it's often like a quick afternoon day trip during the week. I do have parking passes to all the beaches in town. Um, For me, it depends on whether it's a county, city, Or, well, I think they're all either county or city beaches. I don't have any state parks in town. So you can, if I'm, we live in the city, so we get a free parking pass to the city beaches and you have to pay for the county beaches. Um, But if you pay for one, you get access to all of them. So I just have parking passes everywhere. And then I might be like, okay, today I want to choose the beach that I know you can pull up and park and walk over a little dune. And there you are, you're at the Mm -hmm. beach. That's my experience some days. Some days I'm like, no, today I feel like going to the beach where it's like, I'm going to have to kind of walk a little further, but it's going to be less people. It's going to be more remote. I get to look at the pier. Like, mm-hmm. it's just kind of what's the flavor of the day. And like, often it's based on what other people aren't doing. So yes, it's, totally. you can kind of tell when you're driving past, if like one of the beaches is the one everyone's at that day, I'm not going to go to that one. But like I mentioned before, they all have a little bit of a different character. The water quality can be different. Sometimes the water... Is like has E. coli in it at one beach, but not the beach, wow. you know, yeah, quarter of a mile down the road. So, um, all of those things factor in. So, I kind of look around, um, and hop around. I typically just wear a swimsuit with like a pair of shorts, usually cutoffs, and a kimono top or sometimes a sundress. Now, I used to have like three or four swimsuit cover ups, but here's the thing. I don't like giving that much drawer space to something that is so uni purpose, you mm-hmm. know? And it never feels like you're wearing clothes. Yeah. Like wearing a sunsuit, like a, a swimsuit cover-up does not feel like the same as wearing clothing. And often I'm running errands after mm-hmm. I leave the beach. I might be like, oh, I gotta go to CVS, or I need to pick up some for dinner, or I gotta do something or other where I'm gonna be out. So like really wearing a kimono and denim shorts over a one piece feels kind of like I'm wearing real clothes especially in a beach town mm-hmm. you can totally get away with it um for shoes i would say up until this year i would always designate one of my rattier pair of like slip on shoes so it's like say i i always get a pair of those like you can get them at target you know the ones like they're like knockoff oh, yeah. toms um and i would usually pick like last year's nasty knockoff toms and those were my beach shoes but this year i got a pair of um Flip flops from our sponsor Vionic, and they're actually great for the beach because they're kind of rubbery, and so mm-hmm. the sand doesn't stick or get like wedged into the hole. You know, they they just like they work really well on the beach, and they do a really good job protecting my feet from the sand, which is something that is hard to do when the sand is going into your shoe. Yeah, yeah, and then it's not like a ratty old pair of shoes, so I feel like again I could stop at the grocery store or whatever yeah. on the way home and feel pretty good about it. I do have a set of folding chairs. I cannot remember the brand off the top of my head, but we'll find it. And they, these ones fold down and they go in a bag and I like them. They've worked really, really well for the last few years. They were a little less expensive than the Tommy Bahama ones. But I think this year I'm going to upgrade because the Tommy Bahama chairs, you carry them like a backpack Yes, and they have like a cooler on, Mm -hmm. they have like a little container that's like a cooler and they have better cup holders. My cup holders are a little wonky and I don't love them. Um, I do have one of those lightweight beach blankets that you can stake down. Oh, nice. Um, and they're just, the sand doesn't stick to them. They're super lightweight. I love that. I also still love my pineapple beach towel that we got in our FabFitFun boxes a few yeah, years like ago. And I am Three or four years
0: ago. yeah. I
1: can't remember the brand, but I love it. Maybe we can dig that up somehow yeah. because I still we can. love that towel.
0: I yes. do too. I, I love mine too. Yeah.
1: It's so lightweight. Um, I got a straw beach bag from a conference. Uh, I believe the Mom 2.0 conference, and I could probably look up the manufacturer on that too. It was a pretty popular brand. Um,
0: I don't think a I lot have of, that one though. Like the blue, so it
1: you know that blue bag that you have. We both have yes. that blue tote. I think it's yeah. the same brand.
0: Oh, OK. Yes. So maybe yeah. it was a year before I went there or something. That dark blue one that is just the plain dark blue tote that yes. we both have had for probably for seven years or it's something. Long, like a yes. Really long time.
1: And I use that all the time. Like every bag I've gotten from that brand that I wish I could remember right now. Um, I love and I use all the time. But the straw one is really funny because it. it what I like about it is it opens wide. So yeah. you could just kind of plop it down in the sand. The sand doesn't stick in like it gets in because it's straw, but then it falls right back out and it it airs things out. So if I accidentally leave like a wet towel in or something, um, like it doesn't get gross. I just really like, and it doesn't get damp, you know? So, and there's plenty of room and I can stick all my stuff in there. Um, funny story last week, I got home from, I don't know, somewhere. And I'm like, wait, where did all these wet towels come from in my beach bag? And Will's like, yeah, I used your beach bag today. And he's (laughs) like, everyone said it looked like a total mom bag. (laughs) And I was like, it is a mom bag. So, But he said he liked it because of all the things I just said. Like it fit all this stuff. It's useful, but he got made fun of for having a mom beach bag. Um, I usually bring my Kindle. I often bring a magazine or two if I have any that I haven't read. I always bring my boom speaker if I think to, because I I have a beach playlist that I like to pull out. Yeah. So I do a whole thing. Um, The thing is I'd rather read a Kindle than a magazine because I always worry that like if I, first of all, magazines will stick to your skin. Yes. If they're sunscreeny,
0: stick to anything in your bag. If they get wet, they're like, do that weirded, like adhesive, like a decoupage, (laughs) like like, a mod podge themselves to like your book or your keys. They're very, they
1: become very disposable at that point. Um, Depending on the beach and their particular laws, I either bring LaCroix or a Bev. Sometimes I sneak Bev into beaches. I'm not supposed to have Bev. At. They don't care. Like they don't care about a mom on the beach having a Bev. They just don't want a party
0: care, on the yeah. beach.
1: I know, but I'm always a little paranoid about it. Like what if the beach cops get me? Turns out that's not really a thing. Um, and then I usually bring two or three different sunscreens. So this is where I think this is so fascinating. Like I get so into sunscreens, but not just like, it's not enough for me to have one. I have to have three different formulas because I don't know getting on the beach, which part of my body needs more sunscreen. Do I have a friend to help me apply the sunscreen or not? If I don't have a friend, I need something. I, I can't really do the spray because you can't get that like up under your, you can't, the, the yeah. accuracy is different, right? So I'll just rattle off a couple. I have a, I love Sunbum. That's one of my favorite, mm-hmm. um, you know, drugstore brands. I have a face stick which I love to use. It is a little thick and greasy. So I don't usually use it more than once, but like if I'm at the beach and I've already done like a regular face thing and I just need a little repli- reapplication, I'll just hit my trouble spots with the, fi- the face stick. And I also use it as a lip balm. And it's great mm-hmm. as a lip balm. It doesn't taste weird. And it doesn't have, like I actually don't like sun bums lip balms. I think they taste really bizarre, but the stick is great as a lip balm. Um, they have, they make a hair and scalp spray that I like. Mm if I'm not wearing a hat for any reason. Um, sometimes I wear a, a baseball cap. I don't really wear floppy hats. We'll talk about that later. Uh, Hawaiian Tropic spray. I just can't quit Hawaii, Hawaiian Tropic. It smells just the way it smelled when I was in high school. <laughs> and I would, you know, you get the stuff that was like a four SPF that came in the brown bottle. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, now I've definitely upped my game to like a 30 SPF, but uh, it just smells like summer to me. I also have the Neutrogena Hydro Boost gel. It's like in a blue bottle. It's a water-based oh, I have, gel.
0: I have that as a lotion. Is there a sunscreen?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. like a gel face sunscreen. And it goes on... It looks just... So, you know, you're, you have the one that's like in the little blue tub, right?
0: Mm, no, mine or is, is a, a body lotion. And it's a big pump body lotion. But it is that same... Um, it's the same hydrogel or whatever line from Neutrogena. But mine is not a sunscreen. It is a like after shower body lotion situation. Okay.
1: So the, what I have is like a blue gel and it oh, goes okay. on and it is, it's like light. It's great for layering. Like a, if I'm just like slathering more and more on, it's great. Cause it, it's not going to look all goopy, you know, it's going to kind of like, just look like skin. And then just speaking of layering, I don't personally go for the ultra high SPFs. I've just read a lot of articles that say, you know, anything over 30 is kind of scammy <laughs> and they all make over 30 and I know why they do it, but, you're still going to have to like reapply anyway. I've so that for a long
0: time. Too. Yeah. I don't I just, know.
1: I just stick with 30 because it, then I don't get that false, like false confidence. Yeah,
0: totally. Um, and I
1: just reapply it all the time. So nice. there you go. Um, so it. that's my, that's my sunscreen, but that's only, that's really just like the tip of the iceberg. I really can become kind of a sunscreen fanatic, um, collector of them. So I have a lot of different ones and, um, we can link. We can link up the ones that we can link
0: them all. Why not? Right. We can do a swipe up. You can just spend a whole day in stories swiping up to your sunscreen. (laughs) I love it. I love it.
1: Okay. And so like, just to wrap things up, let's quickly talk about the beach products. We don't already have yet, but plan to get soon. And I'll just say, I definitely need like a personal sized cooler. That's soft. You know, I have a hard sided cooler, but it's very awkward to carry it with my other stuff. And like on really hot days. I've just been taking one of those cooler bags from Aldi that I would just mm-hmm. bring my meat home in and I kind of rig it up with an ice pack stuffed on, you know, on either side of whatever I'm carrying. It just doesn't cut it. If it's 80 degrees out, it, it does not work. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I would say is maybe it's time for me to have a floppy hat. I feel like I just look dumb in floppy hats and they make my face itchy, but it really does do a lot for keeping the sun off your face and scalp. It does. And it's probably time for me to do that.
0: What about well, you? You could you could just experiment, just get yeah. like um an inexpensive one and just just practice. I I love a hat for me. Um I was going to say I have a cooler recommendation for you cuz we had a great one. Um it was soft-sided insulated, but it it had structure to it. It wasn't totally soft. Like it had it it was shaped like a box. Right. It was um I would say it was more like a two person Maybe what you're picturing is even smaller, but this was great for the beach and we used it forever and I can't find it online. So I'll try to link to something similar because I think we lost ours. Um, So we need that again. We need beach chairs. We don't have any. And I think it's because we've been in the stage of life where we don't get to sit down at the beach. We're chasing, chasing children. Um, So we're just long overdue. And I I think the I've always had good luck with whatever Costco has from Tommy Bahama. Like there's a reason it's popular and they work well. It's the gold
1: standard, right? Yes. Let me also say that if you have a beach chair, my experience is that it encourages kids to sit. Yeah. Like if you have an extra for them, otherwise, like sometimes they wander away aimlessly. And sometimes if you just want everyone to have a sit down session, yeah. a chair helps with that. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, totally. I'm always I, whenever I'm at the beach with people who have chairs, I'm like, oh, beach chairs. What a good invention. It's right. just it's silly that we haven't done it. Um, I'm also in the market for a spray sunscreen that I like, that I feel good about, that the price doesn't break the bank. There's like a whole where you accumulate sunscreen. I overthink sunscreen and then sometimes don't buy it because, I, you know, there's been so much stuff about the ingredients and this and that. Um, Our sponsor Public Goods, and I love their products in general. I'm such a big fan and they are a sponsor, not of this very comment that I'm about to make. I just saw that they have um, a high SPF spray and all of their stuff is really like well made and well sourced. I have not looked at the exact ingredients and I have not tried it yet, but I will report back because I think I'm just I'm ready for a spray that I feel good about spraying quickly on my kids, on myself. I don't have little babies and toddlers anymore. I feel probably I could relax my standards a a wee bit because this is not something I'm applying 10 times a day, 365 days a year. But I also haven't read up on it in a while. So I'm like, I I think I got sunscreen spooked several years back when you had to read all the ingredients and there were so many bad ones. Now I just want someone to hand me a bottle and be like, here, this is good. Use this on your kids. And I'll be like, sure.
1: (laughs) Well, that and I feel like too, for me, it became truly because I I was doing the same thing for a while. And I like, you know, I like the cleaner brands and I like the um, less chemical based ones when I can use them. I know that there's like a lot of uh, debate about whether you want a mineral based one that's truly blocking or one that's like, you know, absorbing into your skin. And I get all that for me as a ginger who spends three months of the year outside constantly. I just, and you know, kids with varying levels of burn, some of my kids don't burn at all. And some of them are a little more burn oriented. And I just, I just want something I can use quickly and easily better than nothing. Yeah. And and that will not, we won't have terrible burns and I won't get the skin cancers. That's kind of what I'm, so I know there's like tons of debate about, but sometimes I feel like we can get in our own way about that Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was going to say Trader Joe's too, in addition to public goods, two of my favorite brands, I just saw Trader Joe's has right in their checkout aisle, um, a spray sunscreen that looked like, the price was really good. And I'm I'm curious if maybe people have figured out spray sunscreen technology with better ingredients in the five years since I've been overthinking this. So that's my that's my goal this summer.
1: I think they have. And I think a lot of the mineral block, like the ones that are truly sunblocked that are like a mineral based have mm-hmm. gotten way, 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 way better, yeah. way, way better. Yeah. And, and yeah. they're more commercially available. Like right. you can find and, them anywhere. So. And that
0: drops the prices because that's right. the other thing. And you can tell me all day long about your wonderful, clean sunscreens. And I, there's certain prices where I'm like, I, I can't, I, I don't know why I just think like, have a block against spending right. that much on a little tiny bottle of sunscreen. So anyway, all right. It's probably time to wrap up, huh?
1: Uh, I think it is. Um, but we wanted to ask if, if anybody might be interested, like in sort of a written version of all the stuff we just talked about, about our, um, our own hometowns, like our own, Beach towns. I know we've gotten a lot of requests from people for yeah, know, everything from beach recommendations. Yeah, I'm thinking, of, like, yeah, to I'm
0: thinking like, of an actual travel guide, almost to like your area of Southwest Michigan, like your town or your surrounding area. Things like places to stay, even or our favorite yeah. restaurants or our favorite coffee shops or things to do with kids. Like, you know, you actually have a background as a travel writer, and I just like that kind of stuff. And so it's not the type of thing we normally would sit down and do, but we do get a lot of emails and questions about like, Hey, I'm coming through Santa Barbara. Like where should I get brunch or whatever? So right. I'm curious what people's interest. And, and actually I'm curious if people would like like a bonus podcast episode they could listen to or more of a blog post with links. Cause I mean, the podcasters obviously are We love to chat, but I, it, it does seem like some of this would lend itself better to a blog post. That I feel like I'd want something I
1: could like print out even and carry with yeah. me and have with me or like, have up on my phone that I could click the links and stuff. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we'd be interested in hearing from you. So you can always email us at hello at the mom and let us know.
0: Yeah. And then, um, coming up on Tuesday, we have more listener questions. We did that last week and then we have another installment coming up on Tuesday. So come back for that. And, um, in the meantime, Megan, I will, um, imagine you at the beach with your LaCroix.
1: <sighs> I'm going to be heading there very soon. So
0: imagine it often. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon.
1: Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes.